Hi, and welcome to Super Andy Aging Podcast with your host, myself, Steve Halpern. It's been a while since I've done any new podcasts, and part of it is that I'm so inundated reading new and often exciting studies. You know, COVID has just generated so many new publications and even new journals, what we call open access, open source. Before you need a subscription or go to the medical library to get access to lots of uh, journals. And now there's just a great exchange of information. One of the most exciting things I've come across recently, and I've known about it, but it still shocked me. Um, you know, the whole microbiome field. I mean, go to any health store and go online, and there are literally hundreds of different probiotics, uh, even probiotics in all sorts of products now. Everything from uh, uh, canned stuff and yogurts, and I, I, I often joke around and say, you know, when I do these corny jokes to my daughter, uh, uh, they should really should come out with probiotic toilet paper. But it's just a lot of the products, which are often good, uh, have not been fully researched. I mean, what we really see is that the key to the microbiome field is diversity. We're learning that it's the diverse community that we have done that. And I was shocked how our environment can affect our macrobiome so quickly. That stress and airline flight can change your macrobiome. I mean, just just your circadian clock change can affect your macrobiome. And not even to talk about antibiotics. And think about it a second. We're in the era of, uh, and it's been a revolution of all sorts of food preservatives. Well, what these preservatives do to our microbiome? Or what do the GMOs do to our microbiome? Well, there was a recent study that showed that uh, common food preservatives can affect and change the microbiome in a negative way. The dyes, um, there was one called TIBO, TIBO, which is a common food preservative. So we, we really are just learning how our environment can affect the microbiome. Now, why is this so important? Well, I'll give you a quick example. I was reading something the other day on dental health. And I've had the privilege of meeting a wonderful integrative dentist, which I'll be telling you about soon, tell you more about him. And uh, given that and my own dental work, I've been reading more and more um, dental studies. Now listen to this. The macrobiome in your mouth, in your oral cavity, can have an effect on your lungs and your nasal cavity and your immune system, your first immune system. 
when is when is the coronavirus come in? It comes in through the respiratory system. Think about that. It comes in through the respiratory system. So the study showed that there seemed to be a link between some specific oral probiotics and the risk of lung cancer, imagine, throat cancer, and of all things, colon cancer, stomach and colon cancer. Wow. And so they were linking the possibility of periodontal disease. Now, we used to think that periodontal disease was basically a factor in the cardiac risk. You can get heart disease, cardiomyopathy, and possibly heart damage. Well, it's much, much more. And so the researchers early, there are dental probiotics. And you can look, and uh, you can actually do a search online on, uh, and look up uh, dental probiotics. Uh, is the story complete yet? No. There are labs that are working on, and uh, again, I'll inform you when I want to get more information on doing a really complete oral probiotic test. Because, yes, there are bacteria in your mouth, called, uh, one called Streptococcus mutans, that's involved in cavities. Yeah, and that can be affected because it makes more acid, that affects the enamel. But there's a whole bunch more. And maybe some of the things we've been using for dental health, for cavities, might be having a negative effect on these very, very important probiotics. So it's the good and the bad. You know, there are, it's the balance in probiotics that's so, so, so important. So how do you support your probiotic health? And now, let's go another step further. I pulled up a really interesting study just the other day on COVID and the possibility of what's going on in microbiome health and COVID. Well, now it makes perfect sense since the trillions of bacteria, well, not trillions, but the big load of, we have more bacteria or probiotics in our gut and our system than cells in our body. Can you imagine that? And they communicate in all sorts of ways, and they make hormones, and they make all sorts of compounds and proteins. They, 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 there's a link to diabetes. Who imagine? So it really does come back down to a healthy, balanced diet, okay, that has as many. So what I choose to do is I try and do as many diverse probiotics as I can. Because, again, we don't know. Yes, there's acidophilus, and there's the bactericides, and there's the bacillus, and on and on and on. So I look for a mixture, and then I change it. And I try to eat fermented foods. And if you, if you don't have a problem with dairy, uh, I like the kefirs. And uh, like I said, you can go in any health store, and, and you'll see tons of actually probiotic food and, you know, Fermented food like you know, kimchi and uh, cabbage, you know, are all good. But the fascinating thing was that 
the more uh, less of the westernized diet when they go into or certainly if they go into the Amazon or they go into you know, indigenous people wow they have an incredible diverse microbiome so it's really really important to focus on, on macrobiotic health now whatever recently uh, you know the focus of this podcast is uh, anti-aging or better the idea of how do you stay healthy as the chronological clock ticks and can you reverse biological aging and that's really fascinating some of the biggest players on the internet Google and Microsoft and and you name you name the Silicon Valley rich people and they're all investing in anti-aging research because they don't want it if they're in their you know middle age they don't want to wind up incapacitated they don't want to they want to live as long as they can but it's healthy and that's what it's all about health span and for people who know me, I'm in constant search of anti-aging compounds. I'm totally, <laughs> any morning you can come into my cabinet and I probably take about 40 supplements. Well, that's me because I have wonderful access to all sorts of testing. I work with a wonderful integrative doctor uh, in New York City, Dr. Pauline Liss. And I can do all, I do all sorts of tests on myself. Uh, and uh, actually, um, I'm going to redo it, but I did an aging clock. And, you know, my biological age is 73. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I got that mixed up. My chronological age is 73. My biological age is 42. And for those who know me, I exercise at least two hours a day, and I don't have any age-related conditions. Now, the exciting part is I want to spread the word. And hopefully, you'll see in the future, I'm going to have a new website and uh, uh, probably a new podcast. You know, I'll let you guys know uh, on, a more, uh, on some other sites. And I'm going to be interviewing a lot of the anti-aging scientists. And uh, for those who are actually practicing and getting success, let's get together and talk and share because the real issue is that pharmaceutical companies are interested the problem is is that you can't patent a natural compound by law it cannot be a natural a drug cannot be a natural compound how do you like that and so since you can't make money with it they're not interested in a natural compound. And so they're not going to spend millions of dollars on clinical research and double-blind clinical studies. I always hear this. Well, there's no, you know, you do a search on the web of a great nutrient like uh, oh, cat's claw, which possibility has some interesting, if you look it up, there's some interesting studies on COVID. It's been used for 2,000 years uh, in the Amazon. 
for all sorts of conditions, heart conditions and blood pressure and um, infections and immune disorders. And what does the studies show? Well, you look on the web and it says, well, there are no real great, great, you know, uh, valid clinical studies. Who's going to do it? Well, guess what? There's been for 2,000 years they've been doing a clinical trial, just like Chinese medicine. You know, one of some wonderful Chinese herbs and there are Chinese, you know, herbal uh, protocols, even with COVID. And they've been practicing clinical trials for decades. The same with Ayurvedic medicine, you know, turmeric, wonderful turmeric. Now remember, curcumin is wonderful. It's difficult to absorb. So you have to find some good products. I'm not that crazy, by the way, about pepper. I do not like slowing down the liver with black pepper. Okay. I think black pepper is interesting. I don't think the idea of combining it with a compound actually really makes a difference. Remember, it's with any compound, any nutraceutical, does it get into the cell? That's what really matters. It's transport. Does it pass the blood-brain barrier? If it doesn't pass the blood-brain barrier, you're not getting an effect. Now, we know that certain probiotics can pass and create compounds that uh, pass the blood-brain barrier. So that's kind of interesting. So don't get put off when you do a search on a compound or when I talk about a compound or a nutrient or a nutraceutical. Well, there really aren't a whole lot of studies. They're basically animal studies. Well, animal studies are pretty cheap. A human clinical study can cost millions and millions of dollars. And then what's the back end? What's the back end payoff? So let me get back to the subject of um, you need to get things into the cell. And I love glutathione. And I probably was one of the first people in alternative health almost 30 years ago. I, I was privileged to uh, know a physiologist, a doctor, an MD, pathologist, Harry Demopoulos, and, and some of his colleagues who were researching glutathione. Glutathione is in every single cell in the body. It's the main antioxidant detoxing compound decreases with age and healthy seniors have high levels of glutathione support in the brain. And there are even some studies that because it's involved in oxidative stress as an antioxidant and as a chelating agent, chelating heavy metals. So it's so, so important. And I've been using glutathione and I've been using uh, powdered glutathione, uh, talking herbals, powdered glutathione. And then I started to do more and more research on liposomal. I'd known about it a bunch of years ago, but, you know, there's only uh, so much you can um, take in one day. Well, for me, not. But, but even economically, you know, when I'm referring patients to uh, supplements, I have to be practical. Well, I love liposomal glutathione because liposomal means it's carried through the cell membrane into the cell and that's really important into the cell membrane into the cell and hopefully into the mitochondria the cell batteries and that's really super super important so getting back to i love liposomal glutathione i'll say it right in this podcast there's a lot of fake stuff that i've seen out there i don't have to mention brands i've tested a lot of them 
Liposomal needs to be in a liquid form. You can get a liquid form that don't taste that great and needs proper refrigeration. Or you can get a good capsule. I use uh, Douglas Labs or Pure Encapsulations. I like both of them. I think they really work really well. And uh, we think that glutathione is... There was a couple of... Um, news articles where this med student had uh, had given it to his uh, mother and helped her in the hospital. And certainly any infection, any viral infection, will lower protective glutathione. We've known that for decades with AIDS, with HIV. And that's why a lot of, uh, even people who have been, you know, live long lives on the proteus drugs are starting now to have health problems. Oxidative related health problems because, yes, they've, they've affected the virus, but they necessarily haven't corrected the glutathione levels. So you see heart disease and cancers coming up in this population. Okay, so I love liposomal glutathione. I think it's great. Uh, again, uh, let's get back to the topic, which I'm sure is on many Melissa's minds which is COVID, okay. And, you know, the problem with COVID, it's not only the um, trying to block the virus entry, but trying to stop the cytokine storm, the inflammation process that happens, the body attacking itself as part of defense system. And so there's a kind of an interesting balance. You don't want to suppress normal inflammation but you want to deal with excessive inflammation and that's why they've been having some interesting results in acute cases with uh, prednisone low dose prednisone because it's anti-inflammatory but a general suggestion that's come out in many protocols and again I'll put this disclaimer that you see all over the web this is not medical advice please ask a health practitioner well how many health practitioners, mainstream health practitioners, are uh, super experts in nutraceuticals? Not that many. So, vitamin D so important. Maintain there in studies that um, hospital admissions we don't know exactly cause and effect with lower vitamin D levels seem to do much poorly in uh, in their condition. And getting a vitamin D level somewhere is around 40 to 60 or even some people 40 to 80 in the blood is a really good number. In working with my integrative doctor, we've, we've seen people who have taken very high doses of vitamin D and we haven't seen disasters. We haven't even seen high parathyroid, you know, um, the, you know the hormones, the calcium-related hormones and any really uh, serious effect on the high dose D. But anywhere between 5, 10,000 vitamin D is really a good number. Vitamin K, very important, healthy blood clotting, and you need K and K2 with vitamin D. Really, really important. And some people just, possibility to some people, you know, genetically you can have an issue, an absorption issue. You can have a genetic, like there's a folic acid problem that some people have where they don't convert active, they don't convert the active uh, 
a compound into the active folic acid compound, methotetrahydrofolate. The methotetrahydrofolate is the active compound. They have a problem, a genetic problem, and so they can wind up deficient. And more and more we're seeing that as we go into more and more gene testing that there could be specific problems, genetic problems. So let's go to vitamin D, vitamin K, vitamin K2. Vitamin C, I like liposomal vitamin C. Again, you can only absorb up to 1,000 milligrams. You're wasting your time to go more than that. The polyphenols, you know, the grapes and the berries and the aronia and quercetin uh, can be very valuable. Uh, there have been studies on uh, ashwagandha, possibly blocking the viral entrance, uh, the, the uh, viral attachment uh, initially. Good probiotics, as I said, various, various probiotics. I, you can look up again, look up berberine. Berberine is an interesting er, uh, compound from golden seal, very important in lung health, which can be really, really important. Uh, zinc. I like zinc lossages. Don't go too crazy with zinc lossages. By the way, I get the zinc lossage from uh, Life Extension. I also get my fish oils because I know they're not rancid. You don't want rancid fish oils. A good fish oil product would be valuable. As I said, so you have your glutathione, you have your vitamin C, liposomal vitamin C. You have the D, possibly ashwagandha. Ginger, really important. You know, put the ginger in your food, or you can take ginger capsules. Wonderful to take, and uh, anti-inflammatory. So, you know, coming to the, uh, I don't want this podcast to be too long. I'll be doing some more detailed podcasts, and you know, I really appreciate you subscribing, so I know who's listening, sharing this podcast, uh, letting me know at. Uh, stevennutrition at gmail.com any questions you have on the podcast uh, anything you want answered and uh, hopefully this has been interesting and valuable I'll try and give you more and more of the latest up to date information and again this is Steve Halpern and I want to thank you so much for listening